Hello, and welcome to On Mission, podcast by the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Father Frank Donio, and I am joined by Kate Fowler and Chris Pierno. And we will be discussing Easter. So I don't think people really think too much about this. I think we look so forward to Easter Sunday after 40 days of Lent. And we kind of think that the entire... The candy alone. Yeah, the candy alone, the Easter eggs, the hunts, all the feasting. But I I think that people think Easter culminates on Easter Sunday. And that a lot of us forget that Easter is actually the longest season in our entire liturgical calendar. It's 50 days. And and where does 50 come from anyway? I think, you know, we're familiar with 40. The 40 years of the Israelites wandering the, de- wandering in the desert, the 40 days of Lent, 40, it wasn't the flood for Noah, 40 days as well. You know, 40 days, 40 nights yeah, mm-hmm. so th- of rain. Of rain. So I think that, you know, people are familiar with 40 and, and we don't really know where does 50 come from. Father, do you want to tell us where where does, where do we get 50 well, Easter's days? so special. We had to add on an extra 10 days. We had to add on it. It's it's a a week. So it's a week of weeks plus one day. So the extra day was the eighth day, the same name that the you know, our Christian ancestors you know gave to Sunday, the day of resurrection, and it symbolized eternity. You know, God created in seven days, and this eighth day is a the new creation. We're all in a in a new creation, I'm renewed in Christ, who is risen, and so. We we have this this season that's that's fifty days, but there's also this. Uh, it's kind of fascinating, you know. During Easter week, and by that I don't mean Holy Week; it's the week after. And every day, in the masses, there's you know there's a Gloria every day. Every one of those days is a solemnity. Uh, it's it's like we're gonna. We're going to take Easter and stretch it out all the way across that week at, at like Easter Sunday itself here, you know, from Easter vigil all the way around to uh, the second Sunday of Easter. And that's called the octave, right? The Easter octave. The octave of Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The octave of Easter, which, uh, which also is, has become uh, divine mercy Sunday. That's right. That's also uh, in St. John Paul II. Uh, because we were talking about the great mercy of God, really, that that the, the Father sent the Son to give us the opportunity for salvation. And it reminds me of something that uh, when I was when I was growing up, or when I was back at home in my home parish in New York, and one of the priests would say, you know, that every Sunday was kind of like a little Easter. And um, this only kind of reinforces that fact that the church is, you know, the church is saying here by in all of the in all of the ways that Easter is, you know, the most important, you know, the 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 crux of everything. And, you know, that we, we're giving it extra days, we're giving it an octave, you know, where we're doing all of this stuff. And, you know, to to remind ourselves that this is the one, you know, the important tenet of our faith. Yeah. And the when when the 50 days are up, that final celebration is Pentecost, you know, the, the birth of the church. Uh-huh. 
And a lot happens throughout those 50 days. Even as we're reading the Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, this is the one time liturgically that we read the Old Testament reading is replaced for, for with readings from the Acts of the Apostles in in the masses, and you know we're we're hearing about the story of the church's earliest days, the beginning of the spreading of the faith. Um, we're reading about the early church, what the apostles were doing during this time, and and as we're kind of reflecting on all of this, you know, a lot happens. Jesus has risen from the dead. And then what does he do? He appears multiple times to his disciples. He tells them, you know, do not fear my, my peace. I leave you my peace. I give you peace be with you. Uh, he appears to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. He, you know, meets doubting Thomas and Thomas touches his wounds. Uh, he asks Peter to feed his sheep. I mean, it's just this very, very rich time. And I think the church as well, like in her wisdom is like, this is the crux of our faith. The resurrection is the entire purpose of our faith. We need to celebrate this, but we also really need to meditate on this and reflect on what this means. And I'm so glad that it is so long. I mean, the church cannot be outdone in feasting and in celebration. We take Lent really seriously, but we take Easter even more seriously. And I think this year is an invitation to do that in our homes and with our families and friends and neighbors in, in whatever ways we can. So what, what was some of that feasting? You know, what, what's some of the feasting that maybe you did in when you were growing up with Easter? I, mean, we, I think all of us had some kind of Easter cup because, of course, Easter... You know, there there is a whole secular piece, just like with Christmas, but some of that has religious That's a piece that really makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> religious connotations that are are too, you know, even not so much the Easter Bunny, but you know that 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 they the, the life that can come, you know, uh, right. the, the egg, all of these things are are about light, new life. I don't think I've ever I've ever tried to connect the two. Honestly, I don't think. I think growing up, it was an Easter basket from the bunny, I guess, and um, church. You know, it was two very separate things for me. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy about that because for me to try to put together how eggs and Easter and res- it all, I don't know. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, but um, it's, I mean, it's nice to hear that maybe there is some some way that we can connect this, you know, extreme, you know, kind of an extreme secularization of a, of a, of a very Christian holiday, you know, but one that is, I think very much recognized, you know, regardless, even the people kind of just use it as a celebration of spring and renewal, which, you know, as we just said, is kind of the, the whole idea. Easter foods, a blessing of Easter baskets and, and, and of foods yeah. and things along those lines. I mean, there is a, there are customs in a number of the European cultures and, and mm-hmm. some other cultural groups. And part of it is, is that, you know, we're breaking the fast. We're, we're, we're right. coming out of Lent and now let's celebrate. Let's, let's do things. You know, I was joking about the candy, but there, you know, how many people give up various things during Lent and, and then Easter, they, they celebrate with those things, not in a, you know, an inappropriate way, but in a way that, 
that brings about that. Kate, what about you? What were some of the things that you you all did growing up? We always grew up doing Easter brunch. And so now that I'm starting traditions with my own family, I was kind of (laughs) asking around like, what do people eat during Easter? Because I didn't know anything else apart from brunch. We always did Easter brunch after Sunday mass. And, um, you know, like ham, I never did that. I have a lot of friends that are Polish or Ukrainian, and they were telling me all about all the different things that they make and also those blessings that they do. So we we kind of just grew up doing this Easter brunch. And I actually love that, um, that tradition after mass on Sunday. And we do, you know, little Easter egg hunts with our family now. And I did that growing up. And this year, I'm also just really thinking about an Easter basket that has that connection to our faith, you know, books about our faith or stickers about Jesus, trying to bring hallelujah into our home, lighting candles, picking flowers, just those things that do symbolize new life not only for the spring, but in our hearts and homes. So we're really thinking about that this year. Uh, Father, what about you growing up in an Italian community? Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things was that uh, every Easter, and I have a very clear memory of this, my, my brothers and I, they're a bit younger than I am, but we would go and visit various uh, family members and and there were there were certain things that those are so there were Easter breads, mm-hmm. there yeah, were like Columba or a beet there pie. Were, yeah, yeah, there were in, in our in, in my family there were ham pie or or sausage mm. pie, you know, and yeah. there were also regatta cookies, mm. and then various types of cookies that were baked that were just done. Like my grandmother, my father's mother, she would make, which actually Chris, your mom makes. Uh, struvoli and uh, and oh, these oh, are like little oh, nuggets, those are reserved for Christmas. Nuggets. But but in my family, they were always an Easter thing. They were yeah, not a Christmas no. thing. And these bows that um, I think your your mom does them like a wheel. But these were done. In, these were like they're deep fried, yeah, like crispy, and then they yeah. and they put uh, powdered sugar on. This was an Easter thing. Struvoli and bows were something that my my grandmother Donio would make, and then other family members. Sorry, it's not easy to make those things. And, but it would, that was an Easter thing. There were these foods that were just associated yeah. with Easter, but there was visiting. There was, yeah. there, because I grew up in a place where this massive extended family was on both sides, we would just kind of move from, you know, aunt, elderly, great aunt and uncle, or really aunts and uncles of my parents, uh, or to our to the grandparents. And then the grandparents and others would come. And we would have different, you know, we would always have a big Easter dinner. The, these were just things that, we, and my mother makes this thing that uh, is from her mother's uh, family's town in, in Sarno in, in Italy. And it's called pastida. And it's all these different types of pasta that are then, and, and several different types of grated ch- of, of cheese and it, it it's baked and you cut it yeah that it's so you almost eat it like bread yeah. and we would have that with broccoli robin steak on on easter on uh, holy saturday night that was just like that was a thing <laughs> that we did and my mother still makes that it's the feast of the seven pastas it, yeah, it was it just it, it was all the and and the, these kinds of things just you know the, the i think you know as a 
we do this in, in our faith too, you know, that foods and, and, and things that things of the earth are, are really part of our tradition. We're sacramental people. We as Catholics, we're, we're that type of, of people, you know, we, we, you know, we have bread and wine and oil and the, the, we're, we are very tactile. And, and so food is just part of our, uh, of, of our tradition. And so I think when we have these holidays, these holy days, there's also the food and there's also the communal aspect of it. And, and that's what I grew up remembering. Now, all of that has disappeared in many ways. Certain things have remained, but in other ways, you know, all that visiting and all these things, that all died with, uh, with an older generation. And that's, I think that's a sad reality, but it is one that, that is very common. And, and so now what do we do and have our own customs and things as people tend to build community for themselves? Or they have a much smaller familial unit that might come together. And I think that, that Easter provides us with that, with the faith dimension but also the the communal one, the 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 one in which we can, the faith community, but also this community of of people of faith that we that we're associated with, including family. So, are we supposed to be joyful for the entire season? I mean, are we supposed to be having huge meals every day? I mean, how do we sustain Easter joy? Yeah, that's a that's not an easy one, but there. Are, you know, there. Are, I think there are different ways in which we can go about that. And you know what, we've been in the midst of, uh, you know, in the of pandemic. I mean, and yes, that will date this, I grant, but I, but I think that it's a different from even last year. You know. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I was going to say that uh, you know this year. East, you know, Easter is somewhat in depending on where you are in the country and how vaccinated you might be, and you know what what the what the particulars are in your you know you know your little pod. You know, this Easter might be the first holiday where you are going to be able to see some family members, maybe that you haven't had the chance to see for the last year and a half. And so I think there's also some element to that this year, especially with Easter, that in churches too, you know, I feel like last Easter was a totally different experience for so many, so many folks having to watch, you know, mass solely on television. And, 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 and now, I mean, that, that still is going to be the case in a lot of places around the country and around the world, but, you know, even, you know, at least here in the U S and, particularly maybe even in this area there, you know, churches are opening up more, your capacity is being allowed a little more. And, and there is some return to those traditions that, you know, people have missed, missed out on. Last year. I, I think also hope. Yeah. You know, the, the, I, I think a number of people found that found uh, Easter last year a little difficult to rejoice, to have joy, and we we were in stay at home, and and all, and so 
the we while faith was important there there was certainly to get us through the this this has a different feel to me mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a hope and I, you know Kate what do you see yeah i i would agree i think last year everything was still so unknown and raw and we were processing and grieving and still very much in the midst of that i think a lot of people felt like it was still lent and that it was almost like wrong to to be celebrating and people were saying what is there to celebrate or how can i in in such an isolated way and you know i think after a year of this if we are going back to mass that's an option which is huge i mean that alone being able to receive the eucharist versus not has been a great gift but you know for those of us that haven't either gone back to mass we're comfortable now with the live stream or we know you know our parish has all the logistics figured out to do that or or we've really resonated with a, a certain priest and his sermons or whatever it may be i think that newness has worn off and we have we're emer- we've emerged from just the the shock and we've we've figured out how to how to still live our lives and so this easter to me night and day is is a night and day difference and i'm i'm really looking forward to celebrating uh, i think we still have so much to be grateful for and i think that that's that's a way that we can carry that easter joy that we're kind of talking about and and pondering I think that's a way that we can move that into the Easter season of, I don't have to be happy all the time. There are plenty of things that are sad or serious, you know, that doesn't go away during Easter, but joy supersedes this happiness. It's, it's, it's not as fleeting. It's something deep and abiding in our hearts that if we've been doing, you know, prayer, fasting, almsgiving for these 40 days of Lent, we hope that we're we've developed our relationship with Jesus. Like that's the whole point of all of this is is to be able to abide with Christ. So the ability to abide with Christ continues in Easter and we feel joy simply knowing that we've been saved, simply knowing the truth of the resurrection. And so, you know, I think gratitude can be a, a great way to cultivate that joy just by focus, reorienting, you know, just shifting our gaze a little bit to, to what, what we're celebrating. And we don't get what the, one of the things on Easter Sunday uh, is that you, you get the reading from the gospel of St. John and it, it, there's no resurrection story there other than there's an empty tomb. And they saw and believed. And that that's very, you know, profound moment, you know, to see and believe. And I think that's where, where we are a couple thousand years later. We don't get, you know, f- physically resurrected Jesus in front of us. What we get is the Eucharist, certainly, but but we we have to as a community and as individuals see and believe and and we continue that and we help others to to come to experience that and and that's uh that's quite quite something you know to to be to see that and to see where where 
faith takes people, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, we've been talking a little bit about how we can carry, you know, Easter throughout these 50 days. And I think one of the ways that we can all do that is to see it as a moment for evangelization, um, not only to, you know, those that may be without the faith, but certainly a reignite of those, you know, that do. And, you know, we have to take it on our own to be joyful and exude that joy to others. And, you know, I think Father said said it best that, you know, that this is a season of hope. And, you know, we need hope now more than more than anything. And uh, we need to be the ones to take the first step to to kind of spread that. I think there are little things that we can do just in the way that in the way we are with other people, uh, in the way we can witness joy. You know, you were joking earlier, Kate, about, okay, we're going to be joyful for, you know, 50 days and just have that big smile on our face the whole time. And, but there is that when, when a lot of people are really stressed and some people are also grieving and people are struggling in various ways and what, what can we bring that's not manufactured, you know, joy, but instead a a real Christian joy that's, that's a hope and that is also shown by our kindness and our compassion and our love and our care and and being there for one another in a way that that shows you know look at that community I, I was thinking about the community that before the the ascension okay Jesus is with them and he's forming them further then they go in the room and it's really only after Pentecost that they go out it wasn't immediate and maybe these days can be a time for us to, to you know, build up one another so we can go out. You know, especially if we're going to meet up with people. What's happening now is I see people are, especially if they, they've gotten vaccinated, you know, they, they're, they're meeting up with other people more now. Okay, well, yeah, we can get together in person or we can do this. And over the next few months, that's going to be more really over the Easter season mm-hmm. in some ways. If, if things keep going the way they are, it, the, over the Easter season, more and more people are probably going to be able to get together and see one another and do different things. Well, what is, what is that like after a year? Uh, that's, that's really quite something. I mean, I haven't been inside of a restaurant, for example. In a, and I'm planning on doing so sometime during the Easter season, you know. It sounds really simple, yeah. but I think it's, it's a, the, the, at, at present, I think we can, we can also appreciate more our life in a way that maybe we took a lot of stuff for granted. I think you, I think you hit it again on the head that we have to individually decide to how we want to do, you know, we have to. There's not going to be a one, 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 uh, one, deci- one joyful spread fits all. You know, we all have to decide how we feel best to do that, and I think that that's important to say too. That you know, there isn't uh, there isn't one thing that we should all be doing. We have to figure out for ourselves 
like so many things, you know, what's best for us. And I would say too, like, don't stop praying during this time. You know, it's not like, okay, I gave this up or I've been adding this to my prayer life for Lent, but now that I made it to Easter, let's throw all of that out the window. You know, Lent is supposed to transform us, hopefully for the rest of our lives. You know, it's really this time of change and, and kind of intense hope of conversion. So, you know, keep praying. And and I would suggest meditating on the glorious mysteries during Easter. Father mentioned the Divine Mercy Sunday is the second Sunday of Easter, the, you know, the one that just follows Easter Sunday. So maybe you could start a Divine Mercy Novena. Um, I had all, I also just learned about something called the Via Lucis, which, um, you know, we, we know about the Stations of the Cross. I think that's a very common um, devotion during Lent. And the Via Lucis is a meditation on what happens after Easter Sunday, starting with the resurrection, all the way to Pentecost. So, you know, if you want to look into that as well, the Catholic Apostolate Center also has some wonderful resources for Easter and um, I would highly recommend a, a blog post that is coming up called The Challenge of Easter Joy that really um, has a lot of great ideas for how to, to celebrate this Easter season and how to cultivate the joy that we've been talking about for the past few minutes. So, One of the things, too, are all, the, all of those, we want to uh, invite people to pray for all of those who either were made their sacraments of initiation, baptism as adults, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, or maybe they completed their sacraments of initiation at the Easter vigil. And for, for us to, to pray for them and that their, their continued life of faith and in the church and in Christ. And, and there's that, that, the great Paschal candle which, which shows us the light of Christ. And I, I think one of the great things in the Easter vigil is that new fire and then lighting that candle, and then it lights all the other candles. And there's this, this brightness that comes in from that one single flame. And, that's, and I think that breaks through the darkness. And in a time where we've experienced a, a lot of darkness, we have the light of Christ that really takes us uh, and and gives us what we need. So thank you very much for joining us. You can find more of this material, more resources, as Kate was saying earlier, at catholicapostolatecenter.org. And we have our Lent and Easter resources. And I think people don't realize that we also have a whole set of Easter resources at that that page that that is there and so we invite you to to take a look at that and to learn more this wraps up another episode of on mission by the catholic apostolate center be sure to like review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode find us and other center podcasts on spotify itunes or the catholic apostolate center Thank you.